Yeah, man. Let's, Let's have a good in. day. Let's cool. have a good day. So we're going to jump into Psalm 23, and I have never preached from the 23rd Psalm. I've always used this in a funeral. You know, like my dad gave me an outline on how to do a funeral with Psalm 23. So, I mean, that was 100 years ago, and so I still do that a lot. But about three months ago, I thought, I'm, I'm going to start digging into the 23rd Psalm, and not really sure why, but I got, I got started and headed in that direction, and I found myself pulling out every single word. And so on the back of your handout this morning, there's a fill-in-the-blank. I never do fill-in-the-blanks, but there's a fill-in-the-blank for you. So if you're those kind of folks that love fill-in-the-blanks, man, it is your day. If you're the kind of folks that hate fill-in-the-blank, wait till next week. And so, uh, but I do want to jump in because I have found that there are some amazing truth found in Psalm 23 that apply to us Monday through Saturday in a big way. And, I, and, and if you're like me, I, I find times in my life where I am in desperate need of a better way to do something. Are, I mean, are you with me? <clears throat> I'm, I, I feel fine. It's just my voice is just about shot. And uh, so, oh, my notes. That's awesome, buddy. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, I got it, man. I know. Three months worth. I got it, buddy. I got it. Thanks, Bobby. That's funny. If I go back for those, don't, don't laugh again. <laughs> hey, the 23rd Psalm is written from the perspective of a sheep. So the person speaking the, the words here are the sheep. That's why today's sermon is called, Now a Word from the Sheep. When David writes this, <coughs> excuse me, when David writes this, what he's writing about is the time when he was a shepherd boy and everything he learned in the field. Now, here's what's interesting about David is we know David killed a bear. We know David killed a lion. We know eventually David killed a, uh, a Goliath. We know he killed the giant. We know all these things, right? And what we do know about David is that when he was a shepherd boy, that thank you, man, I appreciate you making the run up here for me. You thought I've been, I thought you were going to toss it and you didn't think I'd catch it, weren't you? Yeah, punk. And so uh, I wouldn't have caught it, I guarantee you. That's a good call, man. Give me a half second here. A little pastor go juice. Wow, baby, did you put liquor in that? That's crazy. All right, we're ready now. Yeah. So when David has done all these things, haven't you ever wondered, how does a ruddy little kid uh, go from being a shepherd boy to a king, kill a bear, a lion, Goliath, as the guy that had a heart for God? How does all that happen in David's life? Much of it happens because of what he learned as a shepherd boy. All right, so outside of Bethlehem are these fields, and the fields in Bethlehem, if you left Bethlehem and you walked like where the birth of Jesus was, if you went maybe um, three football fields, you'd be in the shepherd fields of Bethlehem. And in the shepherd fields of Bethlehem, this is where in the Old Testament, Ruth and Boaz have their thing going on. And then this is where King David gets anointed as a shepherd boy by Samuel. In, in the same fields where we'll celebrate the angels come and announce the birth of Jesus uh, to the shepherds in these fields. And so there's a lot going on 
in these fields. And so David would have been caring for these sheep. And at that time, the shepherd fields were probably about the size of the city of Sugar Hill. And so it was, it was fairly a big space. And there were, there were places that, that were, it's not mountainous, but it's very hilly. And there are many of the hills that have what we would consider like in the Southwest of the US, mesas, they're like tabletop hills. And there are cliffs there, there were, they're sheer. And so often when you walk by them, you'll notice that you can see where dens of animals would live. And so in this day, when times would have been perilous, this is where you literally would have had wild animals living there. So like in the 23rd Psalm, we'll learn in a minute, like when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it makes perfect sense because the sun wouldn't have been able to reach the cliff. You're walking with the sheep. I mean, all of this makes sense when you understand that the sheep it, that's who's talking. Are you with me? Now, I had to tell the 930 crowd, so let me tell you early. There are a few times in this service where I'm going to say, aren't you glad that? And then I'll finish the sentence or finish the question. And at the end, my expectation is that you're going to talk back to me. Okay? Yeah. So I realize we're not good at that. This, is, this has been a 130-year-old church, and most of, those church, most of those years we've been uptight. And so I, I, I really wanna help lead you to be less uptight. And uh, so let me go back to the bottle. And uh, I'm kidding. There's a drunk in every Baptist church, I'm telling you. Maybe not talk like that much. So. Psalm 23, let's jump into the first verse. And in your handout, I've given you at each number, it's not an outline, that's the literal scripture verse. Psalm 23 has six verses and it starts with this statement. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. This is one of the greatest statements of all time. But there are two key phrases in this first part of the text and, and it's two words, Lord and my, all right? So Lord, is the understanding, and I, remember this, that you've heard me say it before, if you understand the context in which it was written, then you can put the application in the right context today. And so, Lord was an understanding at that time that this is a person that's over you. This is a person that might own you, and this is most definitely a person that gives you direction. Like you watch an old Renaissance movie, and what do you hear all those cats in those really weird clothes say? Hello, my Lord, right? And you said that person's over them, right? But aren't you glad you don't have to say that today? Yeah, so that's because Jesus as Lord doesn't Lord it over you. He asks for you to by your love, be able to say, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be over me and I want you to be my shepherd. Now the Bible in every teaching about sheep, <coughs> in every teaching about sheep, we are the sheep. And so David is saying, this is what the sheep say to the shepherd that the Lord, pull, pull that back up if you guys would. The Lord, first, I've settled that he's my Lord. Secondly, I've settled that the Lord is more than enough. I have settled that the Lord is more than enough. When the text says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. It is not, it is not just past tense that the Lord has provided all that I've needed. And it's not just present tense, the Lord is providing all that I need. It is that the Lord will indeed provide all that I will ever need. 
So if you're here today and you say, there's something that I can't fix myself, there is a provision I need in my life. I need health or I, I, need, I, I need a job or I need my marriage to be healed or I need my child to come back home or whatever that is, this is what a shepherd does. A shepherd provides for his sheep. And this is why we can say when we read this, it's so important that we have chosen to allow Jesus to be our Lord and to be our shepherd. Like uh, we learn when we're little boys and little girls who go to va vacation Bible school that Jesus is the good shepherd. Or as Samantha said when she came home from VBS when she was little, that she learned all about the good leopard. His spots have never changed. And you look at this and you say to yourself, you either believe he's more than enough or you don't. This is one of those times where in my life, the things that I most freak out about are the things that I think I can control, but I cannot control. The things I most freak out about are the things that I may not have, and, and yet I try to manipulate and I try to manage them on my own. And the Lord is constantly saying, if you'll choose to surrender your heart and your life to allow me to be the Lord over you by choice, I'll be your shepherd and I will always provide for you. And can I say to you, we have had seasons where I've wondered, Lord, when are you gonna provide? But he has never failed us yet, Amen. not once. I mean, and I look at that and I think to myself, listen, friend, Jesus wants to provide for you. He does not withhold from you. He wants you to have every good thing and every good thing comes from the Lord, your shepherd. But that's because you get to choose him as your Lord. You get to choose him as your shepherd. It's not one of those things, well, maybe I'll be lucky enough to be a part of his flock, but that's not how it works. You see, Jesus, the Lord, is the gift that God, the creator, gave you and I. You see, all we like sheep have gone astray and God said, and because of that, I'm going to send to you the sinless, spotless lamb of God who is going to give his life voluntarily and shed his blood and have his body broken to pay for our sins. For when we go astray, it's like what Zach was singing a minute ago. When we wander and we're prone to wander, the good shepherd has come to give us life more abundantly now and eternally in heaven. But this is the great thing about the good shepherd. He lets you choose. The good shepherd is searching after you and waiting for you to choose. And you say, well, you know, Chuck, I've had a, I've had a bad experience with the church or I've been hurt by the church or I've, I've had this happen because of the church. Listen to me. When Jesus comes to return his church to glory, he's coming for you, friend. And the people that he is going to have in glory and the people that will join him sitting by the right hand of the Father will be those folks that say, I've chosen you to be my Lord and now I want you to be my shepherd. And he will guide us to a place that we know to be heaven. And you say to yourself, but Chuck, what about right now? This is the same shepherd that walks behind you, in front of you, beside you, and with you. And we're going to see that in the second verse, he lets me rest in green meadows. He lets me 
He leads me beside peaceful streams. Friend, that next fill in the blank is the Lord will always provide. He will never withhold from you. The only reason a sheep would lay down in a green pasture and not eat is two things. One, they're already full and they're not worried about where their meal's coming from tomorrow. The only reason a sheep will lay down and rest is I've already had all that I need and I don't have to worry because I'm going to have all that I need tomorrow. You know, there are times this sheep right here, I don't want to lay down because I'm scared to death that it might not be there tomorrow, so I keep eating. And you know what happens when that sheep eats too much? That sheep not only gets fat, that, that sheep gets lazy. When that sheep gets lazy, that sheep gets careless. And when that sheep gets careless, that sheep walks away from the flock. And when that sheep walks away from the flock, they are easy prey for the lions, the bears, the cheetahs, and the leopards. And they need a good shepherd to protect them and guard them. My good shepherd is more than enough and he will always provide, but you get to pick. Today you say, well, how do I make him my Lord? How do I make him my shepherd? It's really this simple. Jesus, will you be my Lord and be my shepherd? So here's what I wanna ask you to do. Today, if you're sitting here and you say, you know, Chuck, I'm, I'm all in on the more than enough. I'm all in on the always provide. So I want, would you stop right there? I'm ready to settle the Lord part. Then I want you to say with me, this is your desire. Lord, Jesus, will you be my Lord? Will you be my savior? I'm gonna say it out loud. Will you just say it with me if that's the desire of your heart? You ready? Jesus, will you be my Lord and my savior? Now watch, sky didn't fall in, roof didn't collapse, you didn't get struck dead, is simply an admission that says, I need you to be my Lord. I need you to be my shepherd because you're more than enough. You're always going to provide. Look at the third verse. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I am a cast sheep, even when I am a cast sheep, he will pick me up. You say, well, what is a cast sheep? Well, you know, sheep, uh, the, the way they're wired, that if sheep roll over on their side and they get, they get a little too far rolled over, I don't know how you sleep, right? But like when I sleep, I, I have a battle all night long. You know, it looks like I've had war in bed, you know? And, and so uh, I snore and Jenny has to reach over and she just plunks me, man. It's like, boom, you know, because she says she's tried to tell me nicely 10 times and then it's like, thunk, you know, and I think she just thunks me, honestly, but I've earned it. But when sheep roll over too far, they can't get back up. They're like weebles and wobbled, but they can't get up. Now, the sheep have these little feet. And when you're a cast sheep, you're a sheep that has fallen over and you can't get up. And if sheep lay there about two and a half or three hours in that, in that position, they'll die. They'll literally suffocate themselves. The way they're built inside, they're great for what they do and what they provide, but they're not built to lay over their side and stay there. They'll die in two and a half or three hours. And that's what's called a cast sheep. And so when the, when the sheep says, listen, my shepherd is going to strengthen me, here's what happens. A, a sheep will roll over because they like comfortable places. So the easiest places out in that meadow, in that field, or even in the desert, they'll find a place that my, my pop would have said a hollered out place, a place where they roll over and they roll over a little too much and then and before long they can't get up. Then there's another kind of sheep, you know, he's, he's, he ate all that he wanted and he ate more than he should. Now he's a fat sheep and those little feet just can't hold up all, all that's going on in that sheep and he just rolls over. And then there's that careless sheep and they kind of wander away from the pack and they become 
come pray. And before long, they've rolled over because they're scared to death. And you've got sheep that are now cast sheep. But here's the great thing about the shepherd. The shepherd will come every morning, every afternoon, every evening, and he looks for cast sheep. And he sees if you're a cast sheep, he walks over and he, he can't just bend down and flip, flip the sheep over. If he, if he bends down and he just flips the sheet over, then the sheep, they, they literally would be like, have you ever st stood up too fast and your head just get a little funky? Yeah, well, that's what happens to a sheep and they, they can literally die that way if you turn them up too fast. So the shepherd will lean down and he'll start massaging those little sheep feet. Isn't that weird? And he'll massage those sheep feet and then he'll pull that sheep up and he'll straddle the top and that sheep will be right on, beneath his legs and he's kind of holding his legs in to keep the sheep from going anywhere and he takes his hands and he gets out at the front of that sheep and literally it's like giving him a massage it's like scratching his back and then before long that sheep starts feeling normal it's like and away he goes did y'all want to make that noise i know where else are you gonna get something like that but see these cast sheep, when the shepherd picks them up, the shepherd says, he will steady me. Isn't that good? You ever been in somewhere where you're just like, man, I'm on, I'm on uncertain soil here. I mean, I'm, I'm, things are a little rocky on, on, on the day to day. I, I need a little help. And the, the good shepherd comes and he steadies you. But you know what else he does? He strengthens you. The Lord, he will strengthen me. I love it. Would you guys leave that up for a minute? Because I... I believe for every person who would call on the name of the Lord and say, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my good shepherd. I believe this is one of the greatest promises in scripture because when I am strengthened by the Lord, there is nothing ahead of me that cannot be done. I want you to think that the person in Jesus who came as the son of God, who willfully gave up his life that you might have life in abundance, that let his body be broken and his blood be shed. You see, we see Jesus meek and mild. And I like that part of Jesus. I do. I needed it, man. This, this guy here needed somebody with compassion. And my Jesus saw that. Aren't you glad for that? Go ahead and say yes. Yeah. But now watch this. My favorite part of Jesus is the part where he gets fired up. I love it in the fact that my Jesus, the one who can strengthen me, he looked at Satan and looked at death square in the eye and said, bring it on. And when, and when he was laying dead in that, in that old borrowed tomb, on day three, when he stood up and walked to a few tons worth of rock, I, there was no fear there. I, that Clairol Jesus wasn't there. Jesus looked at the rock and went, and it's gone. And I'm thinking, I want, that's the Jesus I want to strengthen me. I want the Jesus that when they took him off the cross was dead as a hammer. And three days later said, watch this. I want that Jesus. I want that Jesus. That's, that's the shepherd that says, I will steady you. I will strengthen you. And he will always direct me and I will bring my praise to him. When you sing your praise to him, this is what David did as he laid back and looked at the blanket 
of stars in the fields of Bethlehem and his sheep were around him and he had guarded and righted and strengthened and cared for and all of that. He had directed them here and I can imagine this little shepherd board singing the praises of his Lord and his shepherd. My mom had a picture of me, I was about five. She had dressed me up in like a, a pillowcase on my head with a bungee cord and then like a, you know, a sheet that you cut and you put a rope around you and give you a staff so you could play the shepherd in the church. Y'all ever have to do that? It's embarrassing. I mean, I, that picture, one of the first things I did when mom died was throw that picture away, you know, because it, it, I just looked at it and I thought, but, but here's what I remember about that, that staff. So my pop, who was my favorite person that ever lived, my pop, he was playing around and mom had got me all dressed up. We're getting ready to go to church. Pop took that staff, the one that's got the crook thing on it, and he reached over and he put it around my neck. And he yanked pretty good, you know. And I get over and my pop, who was big man, he wrapped, wrapped me up and he said, I love you, boy. You're going to be the best shepherd ever. And I thought to myself, I'm never going to forget that. That's better in the picture. Listen to me. Your good shepherd wants to take that staff and wrap it around your neck and pull you close and say, hey man, listen, I got the best life ever. If you'll just choose and let me be your Lord and let me be your shepherd, this is what I'll do and you can sing my praises. I love the fact that y'all sing. I like churches that sing. Man, we, we didn't come here for a concert, we came here for praise. Are you with me? Yeah, I think that's a good thing. Verse four says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. The staff of the Lord will lovingly prompt me. This is what my pop did. He reached over and he took that crook and he put it around me, he draws me up next to him to tell me, I love you, boy. Listen, the shepherd will use that staff when we start wandering a little bit every now and then he'll take that and he'll guide us back. Aren't you glad that your good shepherd loves you so much? He'll take that staff and draw you back. Yeah, aren't you glad? By the way, aren't you glad that he takes that shepherd at times and gently nudges you in the right direction? Aren't you glad that he takes that and he can reach far enough to reach you wherever you were at? Because you see, the staff of the Lord will prompt you, but the rod of the Lord will prod you. Every shepherd boy had a staff with a crook and every shepherd boy had a stick. On one end was a club and the other end was a, was a little poker. And you know, every now and then, you know, the Lord has to do to me, he has to poke me in the hind end to get me going. You know what you have to do with sheep every now and you gotta take, you gotta take that shepherd's rod and you gotta poke that sheep to keep them moving in the right direction, especially when you're walking through the valley. When you're walking through the valley, you're on the way to get up where the tableland and the grass has been prepared. You're in that valley where you are most susceptible for all the prey to come get you. You are in the valley where the sun isn't shining because it is behind those cliffs. And when you're walking through the valley, the good shepherd says, don't wander over there, come on over here. And sometimes when you wanna stop and lay down, he prods you a little bit and says, keep going. I got more for you, don't stop now. And the shepherd says, I'm gonna prompt you, I'm gonna prod you, and this is what I love. The good shepherd will fight for me. I love that Jesus will fight for me. I love the fact that Jesus fought for you. When Jesus returns, friend, he ain't coming back for a denomination. He's coming back for his church. And he's coming back 
not as a good shepherd. He's coming back as a reigning king and he's calling his kids together. And when he does, he will have won every fight there is. Come on. I love the fact that Jesus is meek and mild. I love the fact that forgiveness and grace is free. But you know, every now and then, don't you love it when Jesus gets in the fight and just cleans the house for you? Come on, man. I love that my good shepherd fights for me. Verse five, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil and my cup overflows with blessings. Now watch this. The Lord will prepare a full meal of peace, provision, and protection for you. He is not going to let you down. He is going to make sure you're fed. He's going to make sure you're okay. You know, back up at the first part where it said you get to lie down in green meadows and it says you get to drink from peaceful waters. Have you ever noticed that sheep can't swim? Like if me and Jen took Kirby up to the, to the lake this afternoon, he'd run in, he'd jump in the water. You know why? He's a goofball, you know, but he can swim. You throw a sheep in there, you know what they're going to do? Everything that's bad. And they're going to drop. <laughs> Set you up for that one. Now watch this. Sheep have to drink from still waters. It sounds a lot like when Jesus met a Samaritan woman at the, at the well. And he said, you know, if you drink from this water, you're never going to be thirsty again. Within you is going to well up a... a, a a spring, and you're never going to thirst from this again. You see, the bread of life and the living water has come together to be your good shepherd. And he's saying here that in the presence of your enemies, I'm going to give you peace, provision, and protection. A shepherd would ahead of time for the summer go up into those plains, those small mesas, and he'd prepare where those sheep would eventually in the cool air get high enough in the summer. And when he prepared all that grass for them, he would go through the valley to get there. And when he got there, all of the prey would have followed along the way. And as they watched, the shepherd ensured that those sheep were safe and they got to eat. Imagine like a conquering king sitting across a room and you have this incredible Thanksgiving feast. And on the other side is Satan and the losers that have been defeated by Christ himself sitting there with one pinto bean. And Jesus said, we won. That's what your good shepherd is here to do when he prepares an, a feast for you. He's not gonna allow Satan to grab you. You just have to trust him because the Lord will cover me with his Holy Spirit. You see, sheep have these incessant flies around them, especially in the Middle East. And, and those, those flies will will drop their eggs and larvae in, in their nose, in their ears, in, their, in, 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 in all of that fleece. And, and eventually the, the noise of all of those will just drive a sheep literally crazy. And, and sheep not being super bright, they'll find a tree or they'll find a rock and they'll start banging their head against that tree or the rock trying to get rid of that incessant noise of the world. And sheep will bang their head literally until they die. Because what's happening around them, they just, they can't get rid of. And this is why a shepherd would take with him into the fields an ointment of balm and oil. And when a sheep started displaying that, 
he would put them between his legs again and he would take that oil and lather it up and he would start and he'd cover around their eyes and across their head and their ears and in their ears and across around their mouth and in his nostrils and and before long that sheep again was he was free of the incessant noise of the world that had attacked that sheep and the shepherd had anointed him with oil. Have you ever heard the phrase from an old preacher? You, man, what you want is you want to be anointed with fresh oil. This is the picture of your shepherd who comes to you. And because God, your creator, is separated, because we've walked away from the flock, and Jesus, the good shepherd, has come and given his life for us, the gift he leaves for us. Because you know what? I picture Jesus like 6'4, 212. He doesn't fit in here, but the gift of his Holy Spirit he gives to me, and he comes and he lives inside of me, and he anoints my head with. With oil and he covers me because the good shepherd doesn't want the incessant noise of this world to separate me from my relationship with him. He anoints my head with oil. Listen, friend, when I look at the 23rd Psalm, I am reminded that the Lord will cover me with his Holy Spirit. The last verse says, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. My friend, the Lord is searching for your heart. I'll have people say to me, well, you know, Chuck, I'm, I'm looking for God. No, you're not, you're just looking for meaning. Well, I'm, I'm searching for God. No, you're not, you're just trying to fill this hole that's in your heart. Because see, the fact is God's searching for you. He's knocking on your door. He's saying, I want to be your Lord. I want to be your shepherd. I want to be more than enough. I want to give you that. And all you have to do is say, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my shepherd. And I'm so grateful you died for me and you kicked Satan in the hind end and you rose from death and you did it for me. And he says, it's for you. You see, the Lord has assured me of his favor and his kindness. I love this. Listen to what, listen to how the Lord pursues me. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. This is the sheep saying, I know that you've assured me of your favor, of your kindness. And you say, but Chuck, I, I haven't treated the Lord the same way. He knows that. And he still wants to give you his favor and kindness. He still pursues you. And you say, but Chuck, I've been mean, I've been nasty, I've been wah, bah, 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 bah. We all sound like sheep. Bah. And the Lord says, but I, I'm going to pursue you with goodness and unfailing love because the Lord is preparing a home for me. And literally the text there says, and I get to be in the presence of my Lord forever. Listen, if I die this afternoon of a massive heart attack, I'm totally cool. Let's go. Man, even so, come Lord Jesus, let's go, man. Because I know the only question left to answer is this. Is he your Lord and is he your shepherd? Let's pray. God, I believe there are people in this room that want to say right now, Jesus, will you be my Lord and will you be my shepherd? And God, I want to ask you, would you honor their prayer? And for those of you in this room right now, I, I do not want to make this easy for you. Jesus, 
died for you, man. He rose from the dead for you. He did the hard part. All he says for us is, man, recognize me before men because I'm going to recognize you before God the Father and I'm going to create a home for you. Man, just say, I want to be, I, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my shepherd. I, I want heaven. I want to turn my life around. I want to live for you. And if that's the desire of your heart right now, and they said, that's what I want, just stand up. I just go ahead, just stand up, amen. Just, some, just stand up. Yeah, 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 amen, amen. Anybody else? Just stand up. In the name of Jesus, I wanna ask you, Lord, that you'll bless these folks and you will give them the desire of their heart that you would be their Lord, you would be their shepherd, that you would guide them, that you would provide everything for them, that you would fight for them, that they would know that you have drawn them up next to you and they have trusted you. And they would follow you in believer's baptism and they would choose to live their life knowing their good shepherd is for them in every way. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. I want to. I want to thank y'all. God bless you, man. That's that's gutsy. Thank you. You can have a seat. That's gutsy. Bobby, come on. Let's talk about what's happened around here. I don't know what the number is yet. Yep. I saw it last hour, but I know it's changed some. It has. And um, I just. I, I'm telling you, man. It, that was cool at 9:30. Well, let me just uh, reiterate how powerful this is. Hang and on. Then, let me get a drink. All right. And you got to lay off the bottle. You got to. Can I just point out the obvious that most of the time talking about money isn't the funnest thing yeah. to happen in church world. In the 10 years I've been here, we haven't done a whole lot of it. And no. so the last few weeks, one of the things that has been very, very cool is even today, people getting saved when we're talking about a capital campaign. Over the, I'm sorry, I got all excited. Sorry. Can we just stop and pray for pastor today? Is that all right? I'm Let's a little antsy, honestly, here. thank you. I don't, must be the ionized hydration know, that's going on here. I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's but the pH balance. People have gotten saved. We've had baptisms every almost every single week. People stepping up to serve. Unbelievable. And so the rehash is step one was to say what would happen if as a church we entered into a three-year spiritual journey. Step two is, man, we've got 19 or so acres that are undeveloped that we're starting to get bites on. What would happen if we could clear at least two million on that? Uh, step three is for us as a church to respond to what God's placed on our heart. And so sort of the update is when you became our pastor, our debt was about 8.2 million, which is awesome, right? 8.2 million. Let's over, don't ever do that again. Over the last eight years, we've been able to pay down 3.7 million, yeah. which is wow. unbelievable because yeah. of your generosity. That's so cool. Way to go, church. Leaving us, our current debt as of today is four and a half million. And so what we begin to put together is this little equation. If we were to able to take 2 million off of that because of selling land, that would leave us about two and a half million left for us as yeah. a church to say, we wanna to commit to. And so as of this hour, our total commitments are right now $2.693 million, which is unbelievable. Bam. Yeah, I know no, it, Way to go, church! That's stinking awesome! We recognize this represents 
a lot of sacrifice. It yeah, really does. A lot yeah. of soul searching, a lot of what would happen if we stepped up even beyond. And so we're so grateful for your generosity. Yeah. We'll, we'll be giving you updates here over the next couple of weeks. In fact, we'll send you a letter just to confirm what it is you put on your card. Uh, if you haven't done a card yet, you still want to jump in. Over the next two weeks, you're able to do that. You can take a card with you and drop it in the offering plate. Um, one of the, the hey, we had a lady. So, so we, Bobby's on, I hadn't gotten back from Africa yet, and I'm sweating bullets because I don't know what's going on. And a sweet friend walked in the door, called Beth, and said, "I I've got a gift for Imagine Zero," yep. and handed her a check for one hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, just come on, you it's, know? Yeah, over the. Over the last six weeks, we've seen 140 or so thousand dollars mm-hmm. come in just for this. Uh, yeah, 2018 as a whole, we've had uh, that's about 200,000 that have yeah, come just in. for just debt people, reduction. People that are yeah. like, man, we want to see this happen. Yeah. And so, thanks again for your generosity. Wow, thanks for your sacrifice. Out of we debt so, means we imagine more with almost forty thousand dollars a month youth for mission and ministry absolutely. in our community. Absolutely, that's so it'll cool. make a huge way to go, huge church. Difference. It's a proud pastor moment right there, man. That's awesome. I think we ought to sing something. Let's do it. Let's sing. You want to do 10,000 reasons? Are are you going to bang on the guitar when it's that time or no? Uh, We'll see. Okay. All right. Come on. Let's sing and then we'll go. Bobby, that's awesome. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. Worship his only name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy name. And bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, I worship his holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy name, Lord, I worship your holy name, Lord, I worship your holy name. Hey, today. Let the good shepherd go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. Man, he can't wait. Let him go within you. Bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment because you see, the good shepherd always loves you and he is always good. And on days that are dark, let him come pick you up and carry you through the middle of whatever the mess is. Let him set you down victoriously on your two feet. Wipe away your tears and anoint your head with oil. Wrap his loving arms around you as he kisses you on the forehead. And you get to hear your good shepherd say, my child, say it with me, I love you. God bless you, friend. Thank you. Go in peace.